From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on the issues that matter most to NPs and our patients. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest, AANP's incoming president, Dr. Stephen Ferrara. Stephen is an actively practicing NP with years of clinical experience. He is an associate dean of clinical affairs and an assistant professor for Columbia University School of Nursing. As many listeners may know, Stephen is an avid advocate for NPs and for patients. He has worked diligently to advance health policies that removed practice barriers for NPs in New York and increased access to the high-quality care they provide. In fact, just last year, New York became the 25th state to enact full practice authority when Governor Kathy Hochul signed the state budget into law. Stephen and I have worked side-by-side for several years as elected AANP leaders, and I know his passion for NPs will become very apparent to you all as he begins his two-year term as AANP president on June 25th. Listen now to learn more about Stephen and his vision for the more than 355,000 nurse practitioners currently licensed in the United States. Welcome to NP Paul, Stephen. And thank you so much for having me, April. Well, it is an absolute honor, and I have just been waiting for this podcast, as have so many of our listeners. We're so eager to hear so much about you, our incoming AANP president, and kind of what the future is looking like for our organization and for our profession. But first, we want to find out a little bit more about you. So tell us a little bit about your background, Stephen, kind of how you became a nurse, a nurse practitioner. We'd love to know more. Yeah, thank you. I am honored to follow you, and you've done an amazing job as president of AANP. So I have big shoes to fill, and I realize that. So thank you for paving the way. I have my work cut out for me. So thank you, April. Well, thank you. We've been in this together for a very long time. Yeah, we, we came on the board together. So I'm a family nurse practitioner for now 23 years. I didn't always know I wanted to be a nurse or a nurse practitioner. I did know I wanted to be in healthcare. I knew from an early age that I wanted to help people. I wanted to, you know, be involved in helping people feel better. I just really didn't know in what capacity I wanted to do that. And, you know, in the in the early days of high school and going to college, I was a biology major. So I, I knew um, I wanted to to go into the sciences, the health sciences in particular. You know, and I thought about everything. I thought about medicine. I thought about pharmacy, physical therapy. Nursing was very low on my list, I have to admit. 
And I attribute that to I really didn't know what nurses did, right? An idea of what nurses are. And I credit my aunt, who uh, is, is a nurse, and all along my college journey was whispering in my ear for me to go into nursing. And what, whether it was me being stubborn or not, I thanked her for her input, but really didn't uh, heed her advice uh, at that point. Until I found myself graduating from college and not still not having a, a, a direction at that point. So I said, okay, I need to reevaluate things. So I started going on job interviews and trying to get my way into the healthcare space. Was fortunate to get a job as a medical assistant at an ear, nose, and throat physician's office and really became exposed to physicians and nurses and got to see firsthand what they do. Uh, and it was really my first opportunity. And I had volunteered in an emergency room in college and and I tried to get more involved and closer to what the the roles were. And and once I did that, I said, okay, this is I know what I want to do now. I want to be a nurse, and I want to be particularly a nurse practitioner. Also became an emergency medical technician. Um, took the course, became certified as an EMT, volunteered on an ambulance. Again, anything that I could do to get um, exposure and experience into into the profession. And again, I had a discussion with my aunt again and said, okay, I think this is where I want to be. So fortunately, as a science major, I had all the prerequisites for nursing school, found a program, which was actually the same university that I graduated from with the biology degree, returned, did the RN portion. It was an accelerated RN portion, finished that relatively quickly, graduated, got a job right away as an RN on a med surge floor. It was a heavy uh, med surge orthopedic floor. I worked every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 12-hour shifts while I went to school for my NP. Was able to do both. Worked on the weekends, did clinicals during the week. Fortunately, I was able to complete uh, my, my studies and graduated uh, as a family nurse practitioner. Wow. Wow. You know, I never knew that about you. I think about the same time we were doing very similar things, and that was working uh, half the week and going to school half the week. And that's days, nights, and weekends. And a lot of NPs have done that. Well, you chose the right profession because according to U.S. News and World Report, uh, nurse practitioners are the number one job who help people. So not only did you choose the number one job in healthcare, you chose the number one job who helped people. And I bet your aunt is just saying all along, I told you so, I told you so, isn't she? <laughs> she is. She won't let me forget it, but she knows, she knows that it was certainly the right decision for me and uh, happy to have found it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's been uh, many years since uh, that decision. And now you are uh, not only working as a nurse practitioner, but now your faculty with one of the most prestigious nursing schools in the country. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I'm at Columbia University as Associate Dean of Clinical Affairs and Associate Professor, um, but didn't necessarily see myself in a classroom. I mean, I love teaching and precepting students, and that was something I did uh, uh, throughout my career. So you know, I knew that that was always going to be part of what I did. The role that emerged at Columbia really, for me, was the perfect fit because prior to Columbia, I was running various different health clinics. I had been associate director of student health at a college student health center. 
I was involved with Minute Clinics and I was a manager of operations for the Minute Clinics in, in the New York area and was setting up clinics and hiring nurse practitioners and doing uh, all that. So the a role that emerged uh, out of Columbia was that they needed an associate dean to oversee the nurse practitioner primary care faculty practice. So I said, this is, this is what I've been doing. This is perfect for me. When I realized that the role was to oversee one of the first NP practices in this country that was uh, university-based and that a lot of the data that we still cite today about NP practice came from this practice location. To have that opportunity to oversee that clinic and, you know, they were looking to expand their clinics, get a little bit more involved and make it more, a, more of a comprehensive health center. So I was sold, right? This was what I wanted to do. And I teach now uh, the DNP students, their health policy course, and do a little bit of other faculty type roles. But primarily my responsibility at, at the university is running the, uh, the faculty practice. So it's a great opportunity working with other nurse practitioners, working with you know the physicians of the medical center to try to increase access to primary care, which is a big issue, believe it or not, in, in New York City, in Northern Manhattan, uh, where the where the campus is, primary care access is still an issue today. Well, you said some things that are really profound. So one of the things that has been a theme with you, but other other guests on our podcast, is that there's been somebody that's been very instrumental in them choosing to be a nurse, a nurse practitioner. But that getting out there and shadowing and getting that exposure, that's really when you realize this is what I want to do. So I think that's one thing is whenever anybody says, I wonder if I want to be an NP, well, shadowing with an NP, talking with an NP is a great way to do it. And then the other thing that you said is that you love teaching students. So in now in what you're doing, you're bringing students through your practices as well. You're teaching in the program, but precepting how important it is to be a preceptor, to give back. And look at all the things that a student that is precepting with you can learn. The business acumen, the policy piece, so much that nurse practitioners can do. And so let's, yeah, let's talk about the policy piece because while you've been doing all these other things, you've also been a pivotal player an advocate in the state of New York when it comes to policy. Tell us more. Yeah, so I uh, attribute my involvement in policy to, to a mentor. It wasn't something that I um, necessarily knew I wanted to, to be involved with, but it was Joy Elwell, or one of my mentors. She was involved uh, with AANP as a region director at, at one point. But at the state level, in New York State, there was the Nurse Practitioner Association, and I was a member. I joined as a very a passive member, right? I knew I needed to join. So I joined and, you know, I paid the dues, didn't really know what I was paying for, but I knew it was the right thing to do to join my, my state and national professional membership organization. And, you know, I think that's the case with a lot of people, um, maybe a lot of people listening. And look, if all you do is join, that's okay. But I saw opportunities within the organization to become more involved. And these organizations were not just to be involved, but held the power to make change, right? Like, look, we want to change a law in New York state about, you know, our nurse practice act. You could talk to, you know, anybody you want, but unless it's a bill that exists in the state legislature and passes that legislature and is signed by the governor, that's the way to do it. So it was for me, 
knowing I needed to be involved in the organization, joining an organization as a novice nurse practitioner, not knowing anyone, it's intimidating, right? And, you know, I particularly didn't necessarily say, oh, I'm going to volunteer for this committee or that committee. I went to a meeting or two. I spoke up occasionally. And for those who saw something in me, they said, okay, this person needs to get, be more involved. And, and that's how I got involved. So, you know, I, I was on a committee at first and then I ran for treasurer and then I ran for president elect and had been doing that. Right. So I, I made my way, uh, if you will, um, through that organization. And then we found ourselves in need of an executive director. And I had this experience at the same time concurrently with you know, running a practice and, and and doing all this. And I said, I think I'd be interested in, in this role. And the board agreed and hired me as the interim executive director, knowing that, you know, um, I'd have to interview uh, for a full job if, if it was something to be permanent. So, you know, the long story short is that um, I was hired as the permanent executive director. I held that role for 10 years. Throughout that time, the majority of my work has been legislative. We've helped to pass a number of key legislation in New York State that has made the practice environment for NPs in New York State better, whether that be being able to sign death certificates, which was something we couldn't do 10 years ago, do not resuscitate orders, order um, medical cannabis as the data was emerging. These are all things that, you know, nurse practitioners in New York State can now do. And the most satisfying thing was that, you know, the the course of full practice authority right. is a very long road. It's a bumpy one as well. And we we knew that this bill was introduced actually in 2008, was the first time a full practice authority bill was introduced. And we didn't get there right away. We got there finally just last year, April of 2022, where you know the governor signed, signed legislation that gave experienced nurse practitioners and experienced in New York is defined by 3,600 hours of transition to practice hours. But once you attain those 3,600 uh, hours under a written practice agreement, no longer does a nurse practitioner need to have a written agreement or anything like that. So that was um, certainly one of the most satisfying things in my professional career to see that through, because I can't tell you how many times I've been to the state capitol and have spoken to legislators and gone to pack events representing the association to try every opportunity that I can to meet with key legislators to help them understand why this is so important for increasing access for patients in the state. So it's been, again, very rewarding. It's been really how I became so involved with AANP as well. So similar work. I'm happy to be able to continue it. Well, congratulations. I remember those moments when it was like, this is really happening and how exciting it was. And for all of us across the U.S., just seeing New York uh, hit that pivotal milestone and, and what that was going to do for patients in the state. And I think you, it's really important to hear your journey because it's not just an easy overnight go to full practice authority. And it's a journey. And, and hearing the steps you've taken along the way, um, it's, it's good for us to hear, and especially uh, me living and working in a restricted practice state. It does give a lot of hope, and um, it's, it's not as easy as you think, 
And it does take a long time. And, and those connections and getting out there and meeting legislators are so important. And we're so glad you did, Stephen, because what you did and so many others brought New York to where it is today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is a journey. And the thing I would say to people is it's easy to get discouraged. And I'll tell you, you know, there were many times where, you know, in the years prior that we were close and at the final hour, the bill was pulled for whatever reason. And I mean, that's devastating when you're you're so close and you're just not there. And the thing that I try to keep in mind and I would tell others is that, you know, getting close is a win. You can't look at that as, well, it, we got close, but it, it didn't pass or it was pulled. That's a win. And you build on that momentum the next time. And the next time, unfortunately, is the next legislative session, which could be the next year. And every state is different with their legislative um, sessions. And it's hard, but we have to look at it as, as a long game. We have to look at it as, you know, the data, the evidence is there. Certainly, our country needs access to high quality providers. And this is one possible solution that legislators have that could fix. And in the meantime, you were sewing uh, the connections between what you were doing on a state level and what was happening nationally with the professional association. So you've become very, of course, um, engaged and involved in and in a very strong leader for the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Tell us a little bit about your journey with that, because I know you really tied those two roles together. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I had always, like the state association, always involved with AANP as a member, um, attended the annual conferences and loved them, of course. Um, and I hope everybody gets a chance at some point to attend one of our fantastic uh, conferences. But it was, you know, limited engagement, you know, uh, at that point, you know, and and I was busy enough doing the state mm -hmm. stuff. So I, I wasn't necessarily looking for more per se, but there was an opportunity um, to run for a region director position on the board of AANP. And it was region two, which is New Jersey, New York, and Puerto Rico. So I ran. Um, I ran um, because I thought, you know, I'm doing this work at the state level. I think it's somewhat translatable to the national level. So let me try, right? Let me see what happens. And I ran and I won. So um, it was, that was my uh, entry out to the board and we came on the board together. And I'll be honest, you know, a national organization is different than a state organization. I mean, you know, the, the essence is the same, but you know, it's, it's very different. It's, it's much larger. <laughs> um, now it's not just about one state, it's about the country, right. And, and trying to, put together policy and governance um, and strategy for for an organization that, you know, where nurse practitioners are not necessarily have the same abilities in every state, right? And, and that, that, that's challenging. That's challenging. So I really got to see at that point um, the differences in the states. And I think, you know, prior to that, I knew New York. I really didn't care. I mean, this is my New York-centric, you know. <laughs> You care about anywhere else, but um, but I I really got to see how other states operated, how some states were, you know, full practice authority from day one and were were killing it, and you know, patients had access to nurse practitioners and NP practices were thriving, to restricted states where 
it might have been harder for NPs to practice in those states and 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 find employment. So it was really, really eye-opening. So I was able to stay in that role for it was six years. It was uh three two-year terms. And um yeah, and then I was at the end of my term, uh, you know, end of end of my tenure there. And, you know, I, I guess um you know, the question was, what do I do at this point? You know, um, so so I did think that it was an opportunity for me to to try and run for president-elect. Um, you know, a, it was a contested election, uh, ran against, you know, someone. And you certainly expect that at, at a national organization to having to be running against people. And, you know, you never know. <laughs> you never know how, how it could go. But, you know, I, I was... Uh, satisfied with the work that I I did, and you know, if I had to walk away from A and P as a as a board member at that point, well, then so be it, right? I I, I did work for six years at the at the board level and uh, made great friends and colleagues, and um, extended my network uh, at that point. But you know, I was fortunate to to have won the election, and um, I get to continue my work for another three years, uh, n- another. Four years, right? Um, <laughs> uh, one year as president-elect, two years as president, and one year as a immediate past president. So, uh, so I'm 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 in it. You're in it, and I am thrilled. I I don't know how many times I've told you, but I am so excited uh, for your presidency, and I'm so excited to be able to serve with you as the past president for a year and then roll off. But you've done so much throughout the course of your leadership with AANP. And I think it's important for everybody to hear the story of how you became a leader in the organization. Certainly locally and with your state, you are leading on so many fronts. But oftentimes, NPs don't really know how to navigate and get engaged in in leadership. So tell us a little bit more. What are the big things that stand out to you about AANP as an organization? And and what would your advice be for um, a nurse practitioner that's looking to do a little bit more, get a little bit more involved, and perhaps take um, a leadership track towards an elected role or um, the many different things you do, lead a practice, lead in academics? You know, I think... Leadership was not something I thought of in my early career, right? But every time I saw something that needed to be fixed, I spoke up and I tried to fix it. It was one of the many reasons why I went back to school to get my DNP, because I saw this as a as a degree that could give me an additional skill set. And I know there's a lot of controversy with, you know, I graduated with a master's degree. And at that point, I was practicing as a nurse practitioner, but the DMP was able to give me these additional skills and tools, particularly to work with health policy, particularly to work in in leadership and, and advocacy. I am a nurse RN first, then a nurse practitioner. So how does that impact what I'm seeing and what I'm doing? You know, I was comfortable speaking up when I saw something wrong. So that enabled me to have the experience and exposure to continue that leadership trajectory. I'd like to think of my style. I've been asked, what's your, what's your leadership style? And I don't think I have one style. I think of transformational leadership, but that's not how change happens in healthcare. <laughs> change in healthcare is very, very slow. So you can't be only one type of, of leader. You have to incorporate other types of, of leadership. So servant leadership is is the other 
role I see myself. Um, I want to be in the trenches with everybody, see firsthand the, the challenges and how can we together solve that? That's been my, you know, approach in, in leadership. And, and I think A and P, we want leaders, emerging leaders to help us solve the issues that are important to them. You know, I think it's easier now to be involved with AANP than it was 15 or 20 years ago. There are the communities that exist. There are clinical conversations going on every single day and other, you know, DEI conversations in the context of healthcare and entrepreneurship and all these great conversations that are being had by nurse practitioners. And, you know, I look to those communities as where the direction needs to go and and what are the important things we should be bringing to the board so that the board could have these meaningful discussions and so we could be responsive to our members wants and, and needs so if you are interested in being involved <laughs> reach out to me or april we are available on all platforms and you know that's the easiest way you know nurse practitioners need to be having those discussions putting out those papers, those presentations, so that we can improve the lives of our patients and improve our profession at the same time. I do see the changes happening, at least in 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 my opinion, for the better. But if you see something, at least we have the opportunity to try and get involved in and have have the difficult conversations about it so we could solve these issues together. Well, you make me want to sign up for things. So communities and committees, you can run for elected office, you can publish, present, you can take advantage of our leadership modules, the executive leadership program, um, the fellows. Tell us a little bit more about the fellows. So fellows is a great a group. It's a part of AANP. And these are individuals who have been recognized as being leaders in the field by uh, applying to the committee, you have to be sponsored by an existing fellow. You have to be actually sponsored by a primary and a secondary person uh, who's already a fellow. And it's hard. It's a hard process that you, you know, you can't necessarily do it in your first year as a nurse practitioner. It really looks at your body of work. You know, it's a, it's a competitive process. And I think we're just under a thousand fellows. It's a nice honor to be part of, you know, uh, they are the recognized experts in in their clinical field, in their leadership, in research. And it's something that I'd, I'd love to see more fellows. What it does is it highlights the work that we do. And it's not a one and done. It's it's continued work, right? You have to stay engaged. You have to stay engaged. And, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, we spend so much time, we spend so much money on our careers um, that, you know, it's it's a lifelong thing. And in nursing, and this is the beauty of, of nursing and nurse practitioners, is that you're never necessarily tied to one area. There's lots of paths, there's lots of opportunities. And and my favorite thing to say to, to people who I speak with that are, you know, looking for you know, career advice or 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 whatever is, you know, maybe the job you want it has not been written yet. And I see that as an opportunity in our healthcare system, right? I'm going to be a little bit critical of our healthcare system when we look at maternal mortality rates in this country, when we look at health disparities in this country. Food deserts, maternal health deserts, yeah, on and on. So so these are opportunities 
to be involved in, in, in clinical leadership, to address the needs that need to be, that need to be addressed. And we could make a better society, right? Have a healthier, happier patients so we can fill their goals and our goals together and share decision-making and all the things that we talk a lot about, but it doesn't always happen in, in practice. So um, I think there's a world of opportunities to, to do that. There is a world of opportunities, and I am just so excited that you'll be leading our organization into the future. Just so much today um, that we've heard about um, your journey, but what you think, we're, where we're going in the future, and so many opportunities to improve, but also to celebrate so many milestones along the way. Well, Stephen, you know, we know a lot about you and your professional career, but we may not know a lot about you on a personal level. So tell us a little bit more about you personally. What do you like to do? Tell us about your family. Yeah, yeah. So um, my wife is a nurse practitioner as well. Uh, she's a family nurse practitioner, works in women's health. We met in NP school. Um, we have three children. I have, oh, uh, Wow. my oldest is 18. She's a uh, college freshman at the University of Delaware, a uh, 16-year-old boy, and a uh, 13-year-old uh, is my youngest girl. You know, busy, busy uh, parent life, yeah. uh, soccer games, <laughs> lacrosse games. So that's that's my family. You know, um, we're really close and uh, it, it's great. And, you know, I like to, uh, I, I'm a car person. Um, I love okay. cars, right? So you know, I'm like the resident, you know, family members looking to get a new car and they consult with me first. They're like, Stephen, what should I get? Um, I'm like, well, how much you want to spend? And, you know, so I love cars, either driving them, which 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 I, I really enjoy. I mean, I've been to a lot of different driving events. And as of the last, you know, few years, uh, off-roading, I do a little off-roading out of Jeep. So I love, okay, I've loved going off-road in, in the Jeep and, um, you know, trying to get unstuck into in in difficult <laughs> rocky terrain. Always working through challenges. <laughs> Always working through challenges. That's right. That's right. And and you know and and just trying to be the best father, husband I could be. Try to get in some entertainment, uh, act, sports activities. I'm a big Yankees fan. You know, let's go Yankees. And uh, I, I love hockey too. Play street hockey, believe it or not. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. That is so cool. <laughs> so I'm a goalie. I, I play, typically we play every Sunday morning, you know, bunch of 30, 40, 50 year old guys uh, playing. Um, it's fun. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. And yeah, just uh, that's, that's kind of me. So in so many ways, I mean, just an amazing dad and um, friend and educator and mentor and coach and uh, practitioner and just advocate. Uh, we are just so thrilled, so thrilled to get to know you. And now we know we can go to you if we're looking for a new car as well. So exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm happy to happy to do that. Well, Stephen, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, with our audience today? Uh, I want to thank everybody um, for listening. Uh, I want to thank those who voted for me to be president-elect and ultimately president. I think there's a lot of work to do. Don't by any means think I'm going to do it alone. So I'm asking all of you to help. We're going to work on preceptors and how to improve finding and locating preceptors. We're going to continue working on making our organization diverse and representative of the profession. And we're going to continue 
our fight to be able to get full practice authority and remove every arbitrary barrier that exists for NP practice. Those are the things we're going to work on. And 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 finally, I, I thank you, April, um, again, for um, just your leadership, your vision, uh, your mentorship. So uh, I thank you and I thank everyone for, for your support. And, and please, let's fix a lot of problems that exist. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. And you have motivated me today and all of our listeners. Let's do this. We totally can. So please, um, to everyone listening, please join us in New Orleans as we celebrate uh, incoming Dr. Stephen Ferrara. Very excited to have you on today, but very excited as we head into the future. Thank you. Thank you, April. Thank you for joining us, Stephen, and thank you to all who are listening. We're looking forward to Stephen's leadership and strong advocacy as together we continue working to achieve greater health equity for patients and improved practice environments for NPs. Now is the time for NPs across the country to get involved and add your voice to those advocating for positive change. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join AANP today. Your voice makes a difference. NPs lead. NPs are leading in so many spaces. We use the hashtag in social media, hashtag NPs lead, because NPs are leading today in healthcare. If you'd like to increase your leadership skills and effectively advocate for the betterment of your patients, consider attending the 2023 AANP Fall Conference in Austin. It's September 7th through 10th, or you can attend on demand September 13th through October 18th, where you can earn the AANP Introductory Certificate on Leadership. Complete all 12 sessions to deepen your emotional intelligence, your creativity, your capacity for communication, transformational leadership skills, understanding of systems, and ability to support and motivate others. There are additional topics at the AANP Fall Conference this year, and those include cardiometabolic health, emergency, urgent, and convenient care, pharmacology, and psych mental health. Now, this week, if you're attending the 2023 AANP National Conference in New Orleans, June 20 through 25th, Stephen and I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for listening to NP Pulse. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm.